small things. Like oh, I, I feel like you're poking me right in the forehead. Right? Those ice cream headaches. <laughs> it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Just like, yeah. pop. <laughs> All right. Try and fire it up. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not getting that. So I. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work, Mike. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That's a great shot. This is November 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Brock, and with me, as always, is... Be busy, Pierre Cariotti, better known as P-Dog, and our text messages, they go by P-Dog. That is a Javon Curse cover of a Sports Illustrated, is it not? It was. It's it's back on the pile, but yeah, that's Javon Curse. Maybe the freakiest athlete to come out of... Um, the University uh, of Florida? Uni- yep. University of anywhere. I mean, that guy was an absolute monster coming out. And uh, his first couple of years in Tennessee, I mean, hey, they made the Super Bowl, crying out loud. So, incredible He was a lot athlete. of fun. He was a lot of fun to watch at, uh, at Florida as well. One of my favorite players yeah. of all time. All right. Hey, we're going to get right into it. We uh, This is the first. I kind of feel like we're wearing our big boy pants tonight, if that makes any sense. Because for those who are regular Listeners, you know that sometimes mm-hmm. we haven't been able to go live on Cap City Beats platform because Boss Man is busy. He's a busy dude, and he's got mm-hmm. to send us the links and everything to go live. He gave me the keys. I don't want to say the keys to the car, although I have access to it. He kind of gave me the fob, so you can go in and, and get the get the codes, but you can't drive the car just yet. Anyway, I was able to go get the code myself, so we should not ever have that problem again, which is great. I uh, appreciate Boss Man's confidence in the fact that uh, I'm not going to go in and ruin his whole website, which is great. Um, there's a little bit of a confused look on Pep. I'm hoping that it's not uh, – you can actually hear me still, can you? Yeah, I can hear you fine. You're just, okay. Uh, on my end, you're a little choppy. Mike seems to say it's good on his end. Um, okay, but, okay. I mean, you're coming across on my end. <clears throat> if we're choppy, I mean, uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, otherwise, suck it up. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's November sixteenth. Congratulations! That's a big congratulations out to one of our um, uh, a guest that we've had on multiple times that we really enjoyed talking to, uh, Ron Rico, the Big Bills uh, oh, fanatic Ron had Rico a Maloney. baby <laughs> had a baby boy, and uh, I think. Okay, how uh, is that, Mike, in the background with his phone trying to figure out what is? Just leave it alone, Mike. I think Mike, you should point, log out. Just, <laughs> just leave it alone at this point. It, it is, it's good, buddy. I'm like, I didn't make a graphic for his baby coming or whatever. Not only that, it's an NHL one. Ron Rico is not gonna be happy. Anyway, congratulations on uh, on a baby boy. Um, 
another Bills <laughs> fan in the world. So I wonder if he's do one of those, you know, those christening like table breaks. You ever see that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that little baby one that breaks in half. Uh, yeah. It's adorable. Yeah. And if you haven't done it yet, uh, do it, Ron. We can uh, take a look at that. Anyway. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations. Pal. And um, yeah, other than that, I mean, let's just get into it. You're wearing your Blue yeah, Jays man. gear. It's backwards, but you're wearing your Blue Jays gear. It's not baseball season. However, mm-hmm. some big news out of Toronto today. Yeah, I guess let's just let's get started with the Jays, actually. So, uh, Jose Barrios, Barrios, is I believe how you pronounce it. Seven years, one thirty-one with a, a fifth-year option, which is a great for a player, right? Like it could player and organization. If it's not working out, you're not tied in for those last two years. He'll be thirty-three and thirty-four those last two years. So it's a good. I mean, this is clearly a guy that likes to be in Toronto because that's a very team-friendly contract. He's still young, obviously. He's well, at, based on that, he's twenty-seven, twenty-six, twenty-seven. I mean, that's incredible um, value for a guy of his skill and the term. I mean, this is the, this might be the bargain of the year in winter to, uh, winter talks for any team in the uh, in the majors right now. So it's also a huge statement, I think, saying, "Hey, listen, we're we're ready to spend." The guys that are here love it here. Clearly, Barrios took a hometown discount and then some to stick around. Um, he's also a top end writer, right hander. So I love it. I think it's I love a, it. a great signing. What do you think that yeah. means for – do you think he takes a discount like that after talking maybe to some other players and seeing, like, what are we going to be able to keep here? And I got to make sure that yep. I put my – I want to be here because we're competitive. I want to mm-hmm. be here because um, of the people around me. I'm taking this yep. deal because it's good, but also – I, I understand that it's probably a little bit below his market value, kind of. A lot. And, you know, you say, look, that I'm trying to – I want to win. And and we want to make sure that we're signing guys like, you know, whether it's Robbie Ray or Simeon or um, whoever, I want to make sure that I'm surrounded, I'm helping the team as best as possible. That kind of mentality, that kind of um, team player, like how, how far does that go in terms of – a Simeon situation or a Robbie Ray where you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm on the table for a bunch of money, but do I think, uh, does it, does it allure me more when I see guys like that take those kind of deals? For I think for uh, their uh, <clears throat> in-house talent that they're trying to resign, I don't think it, it has a huge, so, uh, mainly on a guy like Simeon who took a, who basically banked on himself and won huge. I think it has more of an effect on Robbie Ray, like a guy like Robbie Ray who know who had a lot of success. He won the Cy Young last year. You know, he sees a guy, a young guy like Barrios, who who had another year on his on his contract. This is an extension. It isn't like a free agency pickup. It's a it's an extension on his current contract. So, for Ray to see a young guy like Barrios do that, um, obviously leave a lot of money on the table. Maybe that's a sign that you know, hey, listen, I'm I'm saving some of this money up so that we can bring Ray back. Because if you look at the potential starting four. You know, Barrios, Ray, <clears throat> Manoa, and Ryu, who's going to be playing on a contract year, right? This is the last year of his contract. I mean, he's got incentive to pitch well. So, you know, and we how many times in the past, Brock, have we seen in any sport players suddenly become Cy Young or All-Star or All-Pro during their contract year? So, Ryu's in a contract year. It's a perfect setup. It's all, I think it all depends on if Ray comes back. And I, I really want him to come back. He'd be stupid not to because his, the most success he's ever had is Pete Walker. Yep. So 
I mean, what are you going to do? I, I don't know if his signing really has a huge statement on the in-house talent, but I think it sends a bigger message to FAs across the, across the league. Like, Hey, we got something going here. I just took a hometown discount. I don't want to deal with free agency. I don't want to deal with the bargaining and the haggling and all that stuff that comes with free agency. I'm here to stay. And we got a young team come join us. Yeah. And I, I feel like he's a guy that has a lot of friends and a lot of, you know, uh, relationship with guys who are FAs and say, look, here, I've put my money where my mouth is. Come here. I'm going to be here for seven years. I'm not going anywhere. So it's, you know, it's not like come here for four years and I'm done after one. I'm saying that I'm here for the long haul. I love five, it. Five years is a long time. <clears throat> I got an email the other day that uh, from a subway uh, contest, I think that was, it was like a pick three. It was a Blue Jays thing. So if you buy three items or whatever, so whatever, I went and bought dinner for the family and had a code and put it in. And I got an email saying that I had won a Blue Jay prize pack. So they asked me to do an affidavit and everything like that too. Anyway, I'm hoping that it pays off and I actually do get the stuff because it's like a jersey and a hoodie and a fleece. Although when they said, what size do you want? I said, triple X. And I, they're probably like, "Never mind, we're going with somebody smaller. <laughs> anyway, this episode as well is brought to you by Nobility Performance. I was nice. at their location checking out and talking with uh, owner Mike Anderson, who's a good friend of mine. And a good friend of the shows. And those guys are still very excited for us to do the show from their spot. So we're going to set that up in the next couple of weeks. Um, yep. Maybe first week of December. But it'll be great to kind of get together. Uh, tried out those compression leg things. Very cool. Um, and I can't wait. He's getting a cold tub in and also like some red light therapy. And they already have chiropractors there and a, a physician and everything. So I can see that being... anyway. If you have any sort of aches, pains, not sure what's going on, uh, this is quite the wellness area that they're building there. And I mm -hmm. look forward to uh, to doing the show from there, but also participating and trying out all their stuff that they have. And uh, most of it's covered by insurance too. So I will be spending my insurance at Nobility Performance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know what? We'll, uh, I'll, I'll probably announce this now. We'll probably anticipate a week or two off during Christmas. Uh, I think... Uh, Boxing Day, the stat falls on a Tuesday. I'll likely be away on that day. I think that's the 27th or 28th, whatever that ends up being. And most likely another day, I'll be on two weeks of holiday. And generally during my holidays, I don't know about you, Brock, but I like to just shut down from everything for a couple of weeks. So um, you can anticipate a week off at least from the show moving around Christmas time so we can enjoy time with our family and stuff. But we'll be back strong in the new year. And certainly the rest of November and the first few weeks of December will be uh, will be rocking it and we hope to be at nobility sometime first i think first tuesday of december works for me and uh so looking forward to it right on great all right so okay. let me just put this in my calendar i'm not doing this show over the holidays i'm just finding out about this people so i just want to make sure okay free Christmas tuesday. Hiatus, baby all right it used to be tuesdays were like the cheap movie nights anyway i don't think that's a thing anymore is it not? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't been to a theater in years. Anyway, speaking of Tuesday awkward stuff, uh, the El Elks and Argos tonight. <laughs> oh. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a makeup game for... Um, it is a makeup game. A COVID makeup game. Perhaps, um, I don't know if there's... if Well, the Elks are certainly out of it. I don't know if this matters for the Argos at all in terms of placement, playoffs, who they play. I have, I have no idea. Uh, I think they won the East after beating Hamilton. I know Winnipeg won the West. This, I mean, this has no implications. I'm looking at the standings anything. right now. Toronto's nine and four. The next one is Hamilton at seven and six. So there's no implications from an Eastern um, 
playoff uh, order. Uh, who are they playing? Let's see, the Elks. The Elks are two and ten. Uh, actually, I think I put a bet on with Curtis when the Red Blacks won their first game this season, and the <laughs> over under was three. And I and I think it was it was the Red Blacks and the Elks. And I told Curtis, mm. I said I'd still put a hundred bucks that they don't reach it. So gross. Two and eleven, two and ten. Unless the Elks win today, it'll be three. But uh, this has no implications for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not going to bring the viewers in. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be an entertaining. Well, I, I guess your definition of entertainment and what's an entertaining game might be a little bit different. I mean, the amount of. Uh, Missed opportunities and drop passes and stuff that I've seen across the NFL this last little while with some of the bad weather games, whatever, has been pathetic from a football um, talent. Uh, well, I was going to say standpoint, but Mike's already got the counter out. Anyway, from mm-hmm. that standpoint, but it was entertaining because it kept the games close. But I don't think this like this is not even worth. Is it even worth playing? To be honest, it's uh, that was my point. Is it even worth playing? You risk an injury for a team that's in the playoffs against a team that has nothing to nothing to play for. Uh, I, I, like I, I, if you're gonna you're gonna set a precedent if you do start doing that race or canceling into the season games because they mean nothing. But when it comes to injury, I mean. I guess we're going to see a lot of the backups today. So the so that you should see the whole the whole practice roster. You should see yeah. anybody who's on the bubble. Um, yeah. You should see. Well, uh, uh, O'Connor's not with Toronto anymore, but like Canadian quarterbacks, if they're in the lineup, like stuff yeah. like that, you you put in. This is a essentially there's a preseason, and this is like a. Not playoff postseason. You know what I mean? This is mm. you got one mm. more game. Are we going to be interested in signing you next year? Is there potential mm. there? What can we see from guys that were are that are on the bubble that we're not sure for keeping? Um, you know, it it gives an opportunity for these guys to go out and show what they can do. Whether that team's keeping mm. them or not, it's you know you're auditioning just like they say in preseason. You're auditioning for mm. the rest of the league as well. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, actually, I don't even know how that works. Like, let's say there's a stud on one of those on the Elks that, you know, mm-hmm. they're not in the playoffs. They get out of the playoffs. Can somebody, like, let's say the Elks cut them. I guess you don't actually get cut till after the season. Like, there's no way that they jump on and help a, a playoff contender after mm-hmm. the season, right? No. I don't think so. I've never seen that happen. No, where a guy... From a from a non contending team joins a playoff team. I don't think that. Yeah, no, I don't it. think you can do that. Uh, I nope. think once they're the season's over, you're kind of in that uh, limbo until the the, the Grey Cup, and then you can be released. And yeah. stuff. But anyway, um, Ottawa fans, um, you know, this is the third consecutive year where they've. There's it's one thing to be like seven and nine or eight and eight or even six and six and eleven or whatever it is. It's another thing to be like two and. You know, two and thirteen, uh, like three and thirteen, or whatever the whatever their record is. When you're going with two wins, three wins, four wins, you're gonna start losing fan base. Uh, three consecutive seasons of really like spiraling downhill performances on the field. It's got to be a bit a bit of a concern, no, for for ownership and for Ottawa, um, um, a market that has lost its team multiple times. You know, it's got to be a red flag, no. <sighs> I mean, you have to be concerned from ownership group, from the coaches and staff, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you fired your GM already. So you've started that process. They haven't got a replacement, I don't think, for him yet. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, there's always a concern from especially an Ottawa market where either you win or people lose interest very quickly. Now, I think the difference with the way it's set up now is that the games, the home games are still attractive when the weather mm. is good um, for yep. nightlife, for people to go out and say, this is an event I'm going to. Football is very much secondary for a good chunk of them. But it's it's a it's a place where people congregate, have fun, yep. and then generally go out. They're going to get hurt if they keep doing Tuesday night, Wednesday night kind of games and stuff where there is no um, after party uh, scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people use that to sort of pre uh, pre go. But um, you know, I think that they're better set up for that um, for attracting crowds without the product on the field where before. You know, Ottawa was very much either you're winning or we have no interest in going. Like we're not, Ottawa doesn't support teams that lose. Um, it, it's just, it's, they don't sell a lot of seats through corporate uh, businesses that have bought them for, uh, you know, tax write-offs and stuff and give them mm-hmm. away. They don't have those kind of clientele like Toronto does, um, even Montreal. So it's it's really on the the average person. And if they're not winning people aren't as interested in going and that's how teams fold pretty quick because there's just not a lot of room um with budgets and stuff and with the cfl nope staying with ottawa uh the sends have to postpone three games due to covid i mean that's how th- that's how fast the th- this thing spreads and we almost had a covid case in the gym um thankfully the individual was uh was you know in on a very down time with the nobody around so and enough time had elapsed where there were really like no risk. You know, what they actually consider to be close contact is essentially, um, I think it's 15 minutes within two meters of somebody unmasked. So that's what they consider close contact. Most of us who are in close contact like that are either with friends or family. So in a, in a gym setting, it's uh, it's really hard to transmit it, especially if you're double backs, but, um, you know, we see we're seeing with the sends right now, like f- false negatives. You know, when you were actually positive, and then you spread it to another player, and then it just goes like wildfire. So, a uh, pretty wild stuff, unprecedented. I think this is the first time in NHL history, maybe sports history, where games are postponed due to uh, like an illness across a team, whether it's the flu or whatever the case is. So, you know, I thought that if sends out of those four games performed pretty well, like they beat the hell out of the Penguins um, with essentially their whole, you know, I don't know, the, their whole like farm team um but then of course those three losses you know you could attribute that to you know having half the team come up from the from the minors but you know they they competed uh, the nhl's a hot mess like i mean i, I just batman and those guys they're there it's a clown show up there i have zero respect for the upper echelon in, in hockey i really do i don't even like it why wouldn't you postpone this thing when they had six guys out why wouldn't you postpone and protect not only the sends but the sends, uh, like the fans, the people, the coaches, the other teams, uh, players, the other teams, coaches, like what? What are they doing to even continue on, knowing that it's been it started off with two guys and three guys and four guys and five guys. Now it's ten guys. Who knows how many other people they've infected? So uh, the NHL is just a, it's just a gong show from the top down. It really is. I'm I'm disenchanted with the NHL, and I have been for a long time, as you well know. Disenchanted is a great word. Yep. Um, sure yeah, is. No, I think there was something with the NHL, like they're obviously working to play games. So if you have a couple of people that are in the protocol, 
you can adjust. I think it's when they start canceling games or postponing them is when there's um, like a distinct disadvantage and they can't even keep up. And, you know, in the Calgary game is probably where that was pretty apparent that the, mm. the Sens just didn't have enough. Um, you know, they just didn't have enough on the bench, enough in the tank to even compete. Before that, they were doing okay. They had a couple guys uh, brought up. Like you said, the Pittsburgh game, I watched that one. That one was pretty good. Um, you know, it's it's actually something that will likely benefit the organization uh, in the long haul when you have younger guys being called up and getting more ice time and more experience throughout the season. Um, mm-hmm. Because of situations like this, you know, that generally fares in their favor as they start to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, the league stepping in now, you know, should they have stepped in earlier? Possibly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know exactly the, uh, the requirements for when they start doing it and, and what their, what the criteria is. Well, but, they were uh, hesitant because it would affect multiple teams, right? Not just the, the two teams that are playing that night, but then the schedule, the upcoming schedule for both teams moving up uh, like, you know, a week in advance. So it was a trickle-down effect. That's why they waited and waited and waited and waited. But, like, at some point, you got to think about the, the player's safety first before anything else. And it's like, these guys got sick. They can get very sick. We just don't know. Like, Ryan, Ryan Clark used to play for uh, the – he was a free safety for the Steelers. He had sickle cell disease. If that guy didn't take his meds when he was up in Denver, he would have he could die instantly. You know, that guy would probably be very susceptible to COVID. We don't know what guys have underlying conditions. We just have no idea, right? And it's just, you know, like a Max Domi. Max Domi would be in big trouble if he caught COVID. Um, there's just, like, I don't know. I, I'm just disenchanted with the game itself. Uh, maybe I'm bitter because of uh, I'm not a big Batman guy. No, there's Batman. The game. I've seen the game deteriorate five on five to the point where I can't watch hockey. Um, and then every time they, they pull something like this where they should have, I mean, it, it, will it benefit the Sens? Yeah, it benefits their, their farm team because they got some exposure and, you know, they, they go back with that experience and they play, they, I mean, they, I thought they fared pretty well. But, I mean, it put everybody at risk, you know, like it got people sick. So I'm pretty sure the Sens would have been pretty happy if they would have canceled the games. I'm pretty sure DJ Smith would have said, hey, uh, we'll take it. We'll take the break and, you know, give everybody seven days off to recover and go home. This isn't the flu. This is like a deadly respiratory virus that can kill, that's killed X amount of people, you know, and uh, it's baffling. When they kept playing, I was just like, what in the hell? Well, (laughs) it's it's so weird that, I mean... From a league that cares so much about the well-being of its players and stuff that's been in the press over the last little while, they're just such a caring organization that they really put the players' safety and, and well-being <laughs> at the forefront. Anyway, it's right. weird that they kept going. Yeah, right. anyway. hey, but Pittsburgh's in trouble. They got uh, Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick caught COVID, so he's on the COVID list now. We don't know if uh, Minka Fitzpatrick plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just so if anybody's wondering, you didn't know he plays hockey. He does not play hockey. It's with the Pittsburgh. <laughs> he Steelers. does not play hockey, no. But while on the topic, you know, Big Ben may be coming back this week. We don't know, so it's still out there, still affecting teams and affecting games. I mean, Pittsburgh should have beat the Lions. Anyway, moving on. Mexico and Canada tonight in freezing weather, minus 16 on turf, no less. Yeah, you know, we don't talk about soccer a lot because neither of us really play it or watch it or 
but we 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 know a lot of good people who really are soccer. I mean, big boss man, big, big boss, boss man, man, soccer, soccer Ottawa. But um, on turf and minus sixteen, I mean, that's definitely. I don't think it favors either team. I think it's just going to be tough, tough sledding. Um, are you going to watch? Are you going to watch tonight? Like, are, you, are we interested in this? Oh me. Oh, I thought you were, yeah. I thought that was for the listeners. Maybe comment if you're watching it. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm not. I did tune in to the one that they played against uh, Costa Rica or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to see the crowd, you know. See, so you know, I mean, the the Elks players are like, hey, mm-hmm. people can actually sit in all those seats. Um, so it was. I mean, it was well represented. Canada was there. Um, but uh, no, I didn't. Uh, actually, it's, it's I think I big, saw the goal. I think I saw it. Anyway, it's a big deal. It is a big if deal. They, That's if again they win tonight. It's it's they're not mathematically guaranteed a spot in the World Cup, but their their odds go up like this. It'd be virtually impossible for them not to make it. Um, yeah. That's a huge. I mean, it's a Canada in the World Cup. I don't remember the Canadian men playing in the World Cup in my lifetime. No, not at all. Uh, and that's from exciting. A, the men's side, the women, I think have, but I don't think the men have. Yeah, for sure. The women. Imagine watching Canada and Portugal, like no. us and versus Mike and his family. No. <laughs> <laughs> what you know? My in-laws are all Italian and stuff too, right? No. Okay. I'm, okay. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I'll talk to you when the game's over. I'll be at the food spread if it's at the Ferreras. I'll be by the food table. Oh, wow. Um, okay, and my final uh, headline, the um, again, it's early in the season, but you know we can, we can only say this for so long before it becomes like, okay, it's not early in the season anymore, and uh, this team needs to watch what they're doing. But the uh, LeBron-less Lakers are struggling um, with that old roster that they put together. LeBron hasn't played in the last three or four games, but even the games he played before he got hurt, they were they, they're struggling. It's a it's a team of misfit pieces that don't they're and they're old on top of that. And the, actually, the best player has been Carmelo Anthony. He's playing outstanding basketball, but they don't fit. And they got blown out by twenty against the um, Minnesota Timberwolves the other night. Uh, it, it ain't pretty in L.A. And uh, you know LeBron's first year in Miami, they were uh, nine and nine. And, you know, this was when they brought Bosch in and, you know, they had Ray Allen and, you know, and everyone was like, it's not going to work. Too many stars, this and that. And they ended up making the finals that year. They lost, but they ended up winning the year after. This is a different story. LeBron's 38. He's no spring chicken anymore. And it shows. Like, he slowed down a bit. He doesn't have the elevation he once had. He's more of a, of a facilitator now. He, he never really was a great defender, but he was definitely a good defender. Now he really just picks his spots to play defense. And... Um, they're not young. So I, they're just like the spotlight team because they made so many changes in the offseason. They really are. The focus is on them. Um, if you're a Canadian, you're probably watching the Lakers and the Raptors. And speaking of, the Raptors took a loss last night. They continue to grow. Pascal Siakam's back in the uh, in the lineup. We'll see how they fit. But that's my basketball roundup. If you're watching basketball, those are really the two most intriguing teams to me because of all the changes that the Lakers made what's your take on, on the Lakers situation? I know you probably, you probably haven't watched a lot of the games, but you probably caught a little bit. And like, do you agree with me that at 38 years old, it's hard to just turn the light switch on at that age. It's hard for me to get out of bed and, and actually like 
<laughs> literally turned the light switch on at 43. So 38 with what he's expected to do um, and what he's done it's in a his, lot of his career. That's that, you know, that is a lot like, um, yeah. Hey, again, you know, my feelings on LeBron and where he stands and what he's done um, is great. I think, you know, his, past and when you start you know getting and, and convincing and recruiting and uh being like your own gm you know years ago you're, you're getting guys that you like and that you want to play with the problem is the guys that he likes and are his friends are all old as as well now so it's kind of like uh i need to start getting new friends um i need <laughs> to start but they kind of trade their you know the when they're doing that they sometimes they sacrifice some younger talent that uh, could be there anyway it's just it's mm. not a good mix they they can sprinkle in some of these old timers but they need to have the the guys that can move and and, and the legs to sort of keep the game going and i just mm. feel like that's where they're they're losing it like say the raptors with the kind of their lineup it's young it's very energetic they're a lot of fun to watch they're high pace um and you say you know what we got you know, eight of these guys and we sprinkle LeBron and AD in there sort of thing. Like that's something you say, okay, these guys are going to do well. But when you just, you know, what's that movie with uh, Travolta and all them? They're like driving around the country on motorcycles. It's like old hogs or something like that. It's just the old. No, I'm talking like they're super old. Anyway, okay, it feels like something like that where it's just like all the old guys got together and bought motorcycles and can hardly keep them up and whatever. They're just... Well, they're trying to get. They're I mean, old, is what I'm saying. LeBron wants to get a ring for Westbrook, and uh, uh, who's the other guy? The guy and, and Anthony. But the the problem is, you know, as you know, it's not easy to be a GM. You, you know, and these players, a lot of the greatest players in the history of the game, are the worst coaches or the worst GMs, and we've seen it. Like I think Larry Bird might be the only guy to have success as a GM and a coach. Magic was awful as a coach. Magic was is not a very good GM. He he ruined the Lakers for a couple of years. He's the one who drafted Lonzo Ball. Um, then you look at Michael Jordan as arguably one of the worst track records. The, the Hornets are not bad this year, but I mean for years since yeah, the Charlotte Bobcats it's, were the are the worst team in NBA history. The seven and seven and what are they? No nine and seventy two or nine and seventy three was their record one year in tw- I think it was 20, 2012. And he was a GM. And uh, they're terrible. Like, he's just terrible. So, you know, I think the problem with the Lakers is they've given LeBron the keys and say, here, just take whoever you want, let's get them. And it's not – it's 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 a pack of misfit toys. And there's too many of them. Like, you know, it's like you and I – imagine you and I getting on a basketball team, like a rec team, and we get 10 guys who can all play. Well, guess what? Some of us aren't going to play that much because at 10 guys, there's only so many minutes. So – there's, you, you don't develop a flow in the game, and it's like showing up to a, a men's league hockey game and not being able to play a lot because too many guys showed up, you know. And I'm sure we we can all we're all familiar with that situation where we're, we're eager, eager to play, but then everyone decides to show up and you barely play. That's the situation with the Lakers. They have too many guys. There's no flow in the game. I, I don't like. I don't like. I didn't like. I didn't like it to start. I don't like it now, and I'm, it's definitely not working on the court. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of over 40, beer league, or whatever you call it, basketball pickup league, <clears throat> what would you just call it? Mm. What's that, sorry? What would you call it, over 40 basketball league? Uh, the league that I play in? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's called the Masters. The Masters. Masters. Yeah. I was recruited by them, Kevin Gagnon. 
said, has Pierre not asked you to come out yet? I said, no, but if he does, I might. You want to anyway. play? Hey, you'd fit in. It's all, it's up and down the court, and it's, it's great exercise. Let's do it. Sure it is. I'll be on the defense. We don't get to side. choose who we play with. You get you get the, uh, put on a, a team. You don't get to, you oh, don't do get you? to choose any of that. Yeah, you have to try out, and you get put on a team, but you'd make it no problem. All right. The movie is called Wild Hogs is the one that I was referring Wild to. Wild Hogs. Yeah. All right. I've seen a couple of versions of <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good movie. So it's very appropriate to the Lakers product on the court. All right. Enough <laughs> basketball for now. We'll uh, we'll keep up to date uh, as we go along. Um, there's a lot of Canadian kids in NCAA doing really well. We'll move we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Um, it's time to talk our I'd say arguably our favorite favorite topic food <laughs> <laughs> is mike cue waiting for yeah cue the music da, da, da. yes the national Football League, League. which I think is actually, the more I think about it, I think it's fixed to a point. (laughs) You do, eh? You know what? And it was yesterday. I was watching, you know, they're doing the ads for the Monday night game, the Rams Mm. versus Niners. It was all in the the ad. It was all Rams, Stafford, and, uh, you know, and Cup is ready, and, uh, you know, Henderson for running and all that kind of stuff in their defense. Like, it didn't touch anything on the 49ers. It was enough where you're just like, yeah, Rams are going to blow them out. Mm. Just enough where then I, you know, put money on the Rams on this, whatever. Mm. And then the 49ers destroy them. Mm. And I just think, you know what? I was like, that is manipulation. They're putting commercials out to pump this one and there's, you know, get people to put money on the line. And then it's the Niners that crush them. Anyway. There's a lot of stuff. I'm a let's, let's, conspir- I'm conspiracy theorist, and now I'm. I want to start with that game. Do I it. Start with that game. It's a good. That was a good game, and I, you know, the Niners are the Niners have been competitive in some of these games this year. You know, Jimmy G, I think, is just um, he he's not a top three quarterback, but he's not a bottom ten either. He uh, he who I he, I think he's. Um, a, an ex- excellent game manager. Like he really does manage the game well. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's got um he uses Kittle the right way. He's got a decent running game. Um his receivers, he, he gets the ball to the receivers. He's got a decent enough arm he can stretch the field. Like I like Jimmy G. There's worse quarterbacks. You know, Jimmy G for me is like in that Kirk Cousins sort of bracket, you know? Mobile enough to get out of the pocket. He's not going to he's not Lamar Jackson, but I like the Niners. I mean, I think they're. I think they're. They've underachieved, but they have the team to play good football in December and January. Not in February. <laughs> well, <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, well, Jimmy G lost that Super Bowl for them. True, but that's <clears throat> anyway. that was what his first or second year outside of um, outside of New England. So I mean, you know, yeah, but I he's in an offense. At least last year, he's asked to do a bit more this year. But that was, I don't know, 85% run and very creative running. So they were doing it by multiple running backs and multiple different looks. But they mm. were running the football and they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to stop the run. So Jimmy G's got to throw a couple of balls, which were generally one-on-one type matchups. You know, maybe a one high 
and you say mm. you can't even get that done. You're overthrowing guys, whatever. These are throws, again, I'm not Jimmy G. I'm not in the Super Bowl. I get it. But <laughs> if he makes some of those throws, the Niners win that Super Bowl other than – maybe. So let's just, you know, okay, December, January shirt. Let's see what happens in February. Well, let's see if they, they're not even 500. I'm just saying they play, he's playing good football. I like I like Jimmy G. I don't think the Niners are as bad as their record is. I think they've underachieved. So, I mean, who who's to blame for underachieving? Usually the head coach. So we'll we'll see how they uh, how they man up, buck up, and see if they can maybe uh, make a run at this thing. I like Shanahan. Let's, uh, let's uh, yeah, he's, he's done well. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the Rams since uh, acquiring Von Miller and. Uh, the newly acquired OBJ, they're OB2. <laughs> they they suck. Uh, those are two ugly losses. Um, you know, one loss, one ugly loss every couple of weeks, that's one thing. But when you have two back-to-back like Tampa and like uh, the Rams have had, it's a little reason for concern. Um, what did you see yesterday from the Rams that would be any kind of concerning to you? Um, actually, their defense was a concern for me yesterday because I think their defense is pretty stacked really on mm-hmm. paper. They're pretty stacked. And I thought that the Niners planned very well. I mean, George Kittle back in the lineup is a Difference must. Mix. So Jimmy G without Kittle is not going to go anywhere. Kittle is a huge difference maker, but I thought that they ran the ball really well on a defense and a defensive front that is, again, arguably one of the better ones in the league. They're secondary. Again, they're just a very good defense. And I was surprised at how many holes the 49ers were able to find in that defense yesterday. But that also stems from the, the, the fact that they had success running the ball, which brought more guys in the box for the Rams. And mm-hmm. they were able to let some guys get loose. But, um, you know, one of our Facebook users there commented that Debo has really stepped up his game this year. Him and Jimmy G are clicking so far. Mm, I like and, Debo Samuel. Yeah, Debo's all over the place. And they're I mean they're bringing him from behind in the uh the run game and stuff too. Some mm. you know movements that way. Um <clears throat> that's probably my biggest concern. Now mm. um you know offensively they have the weapons. I think you know OBJ was his first week so he was more of a decoy than anything else. Cooper mm-hmm. Cup is still Cooper Cup. Like Stafford and Cup are very much in sync. Um, the timing on the OBJ signing with Robert Woods tearing his ACL was surprising. I don't know if there was anything that happened before that, but um, mm-hmm. that worked out to be fairly well uh, for the Rams. But I don't know. It's uh, Is it the OBJ jinx that's there or what is it? No. I don't know. Or is it just too many? They just – when you have a lot of – elite stars on your team. You know, some guys think it's just somebody else is going to do it or like, it's just going to happen. You know, like what is it? What's a lot. I mean, they only have outside of, outside of Stafford. It's uh, and you know, Stafford hasn't looked really that good the last couple of weeks. What's a lot. It's Cooper cup. And, uh, and, and it was Robert Woods. Who, Who else is there? Higby had a couple of big drops. I don't think he's an elite tight end. Uh, I like Henderson in the backfield, but I don't think he's a star. It's true. So, Losing Cam Akers you know, early. Cam Akers yeah. was a difference maker. 
Yeah, so they're going to need OBJ to step up. Uh, here's the thing with the Rams, okay? Their defense, I think, is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I, I do like Jalen Ramsey. I do like Aaron Donald. I think those guys are legit in their prime. Vaughn Miller's a little bit outside of his prime. I think he's on the tail end of his career. And a guy like Leonard Floyd on the other side, he's a pass rush specialist. He doesn't run. He doesn't play the run that well. So when the Rams have gone up 14 zip in the last their first 10 games or first five games, whatever they are, he pins his ears back and gets to the quarterback because that's what he does the best. But when they get behind and teams start running on him or running towards his side, I mean he he gets upfield and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't fill the gap. So you know, and he's a big component on that defense. So for me, it's like if they don't get up in a game and they go down, I mean, they get, they're getting real trouble. And I don't think, I don't think OBJ is the answer. I mean, I, he had that one, his first, I think his first play, he, he caught a ball of like a five and out. I'm like, oh, he's got good feet and looks pretty good. And he made another catch earlier, but then he, he, I think he messed up a, a deep route because obviously they have no chemistry. It's like the, what the first week together and it was an interception and, and it was kind of a foggy night. It looked like it was a lot of fog in the air. And so I don't know, like, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no feel for OBJ. I don't think he's a real great locker guy. And uh, Stafford has played on a losing team for all these years. I mean, that that you don't just lose that, um, you know, the losing DNA overnight. Like it's, the, I mean, he's chipped a lot of it off, starting six and zero, six and zero, seven and zero, whatever. But he's had good starts with the Lions, and they fell apart. So we'll see what Can't happens. Mask that loser with all the cologne and stuff. What's that smell? I still <laughs> smell loser. What is that? Hey, listen. When you're using loser loser perfume for seven years, it's hard to just take it all off every piece of clothing. It's still a residual. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not sold on the Rams. Uh, they look good for a couple of weeks. I had them in my in my power ranking, but have they fallen off my ranking? Yeah, they're off my board oh, altogether. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you can't anyway. go you can't lose to a 49er team that's underachieving by that much and in that dominant a fashion. And mm. still be in the top power rankings. I don't even have them in the top eight right now. I want to talk about. Um, we've talked about this before. How how bad Thursday night games are, and uh, you know that definitely worked in Miami's favor, but it really hurt the Ravens. That they had a tough, tough game against the Vikings, where they came back to win in overtime, and then you got a short week. You got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday game day, like the NFL is extremely selfish for continuing to have these Thursday night games. It doesn't do anybody any good, especially when you're considering, well, this this week, this year, it's another additional week. So there's 17 weeks or 17 games. They're thinking about expansion to go to an 18-game season. If that's the case, they got to do away with this Thursday game. I would be totally in favor of losing it. There's just, it's almost too much. Uh, Trevor Boyd, Rams were exposed yesterday. That, my friend, is an understatement. Yep. Um, yes, indeed. Honestly, when you have Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, it's it's just it's too much, and it's too it's, much. it screws up. Like you said, teams' preparation, the short weeks, the long weeks, all that kind of stuff. Just be on Sunday and have your Monday night as the 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 big, you know, flagship game. Sunday night, Monday nights is a flagship game. Lose yep. the Thursdays. There's Lose just the Thursdays. too much stuff going on. Like nobody wants to watch it. There's you know what I mean. It takes yep. away from. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say high school football in the states. There'll be some high school football that they're getting ready for. You know, college football Saturdays, but keep it to Saturdays, college, Sundays, NFL, and you got a Monday night game. Like just and, and sorry, I was gonna say, and it, it, like the NFL hung their hat on, um, we own Sundays. 
you know, for years. That's what developed the NFL into this huge, we got Sundays. We cornered the market. And it gave fans a time, enough time to miss, miss the game within a season. Like, we miss NFL in the offseason because it's such a long offseason. But even during the season, fans would miss it. Because it's like, i got to wait six more days for the next game. But I guess they get so amped up, and they buy more food, and they buy more gear. And it's like, it's a whole thing, right? Then you got, and if you happen to cheer for multiple teams, and there are a lot of fans who don't have one team they cheer for. There's people who cheer for multiple teams. I mean, having that Thursday game is just, you don't have enough time to miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I run multiple fantasy football teams, and this year I run them into the ground but I forget <laughs> to put lineups together for Thursday. Like it just right? gets away from me. And then you're like, oh, these guys already played on Thursday. Like, what is yeah. this? Just yeah. toss it. Mike, uh, producer Mike in the back there just uh, mentioned that it is, you know, they they can also go to Saturdays once college football is over too, right? So they expand the weekend to the ah. Saturday, Sundays. If you're going to be doing playoffs and stuff, sure. Playoffs, playoffs, I'm good. Playoffs on Saturday, Sunday, I'm good with that because it's like, uh, you know, four four o'clock, seven o'clock on Saturday, then four o'clock, seven o'clock, or one o'clock, five o'clock on Sundays. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> totally lost. Not... One o'clock, five o'clock, four o'clock, six o'clock. Four o'clock, six o'clock, two o'clock, rock. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the Thursdays away, except for Thanksgiving Thursday. Do your Thanksgiving yeah. Thursday. Have the special Thursday day that starts like at it. noon. Have three games in a row. That's your celebration. You know, you're eating nonstop for 14 hours um <laughs> it's, it's actually it's wonderful it really is um hey. but that's a that's a day that i support 100 but on a normal thursday toss it you know speaking of thursdays the steelers and lions um was awful and um they played an overtime game on a, on a thanksgiving day um years ago the old coin flip uh, fiasco. If you don't Saw know if you that. recall that game, yep. or we called tails and uh, yeah, big schnoz there said heads. It was heads. Oh, heads, who? it is. That uh, is no. Who's the ref? I said big schnoz. That's probably not nice, but I just remember he's got remember. a big nose. <laughs> I don't remember who the ref was. He was an idiot, obviously. Uh, he's he yeah. He's like the worst ref. Tails. He's in like a bunch of bad calls. No. Oh. There's my daughter listening in on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. What's up, Peanut? That's awesome. Um, Mike, the game who's was the ref? Awful. He could tell me in the back. But, oh, yeah, game's horrible. Oh, uh, it's brutal. It was a uh, rainy mess. Rudolph obviously um, did not play great. They maybe didn't play awful, but, you know, it was hard to throw the football because it was raining. It was cold, and uh, the, the field at, at Heinz Field was uh, really not very good. They're just resodding it now because Pittsburgh's on the road for the next two weeks, so they're resodding it. Uh, they waited the for the whole this thing. Week they're resodding it, aren't they? Well, it's terrible. I mean, have you, it was there was one strip in the middle that looked decent, and then the the, uh, the 10 yards or 15 yards to the, towards the sidelines on each side were terrible that being said pittsburgh's wide receivers are really i've been saying this for, for how many weeks now consecutive they're not very good and uh, they they look even worse in field conditions like that and johnson had a huge fumble towards the end of the game pat firemuth god bless him he's just a rookie but he, they're asking him to do a lot for a rookie um he had a fumble so the game ended in a tie Najee harris didn't even realize games can end in a tie so the whole thing was just a hot disaster but you know when you play in a game like that 
the weather conditions even out the uh, the playing field. And uh, Detroit had a really interesting uh, game plan. They ran with an extra lineman like 80% of the time. So they were going heavy, heavy, heavy. Uh, I think it was more. I think it was like 90% of the time. Even on passing downs, they had that extra lineman in there. So it was pretty remarkable stuff uh, to watch. I thought it was a good game plan by them. And uh, congratulations to them. I don't know if if they go over. I mean, they're not obviously they don't have any wins, but does that that's got to be so that's got to be a small victory to have a tie. Well, they didn't go oh and seventeen or whatever. Phil <laughs> Phil Luckett is the <clears throat> ref who uh, is notorious okay. for okay. screwing things up. Um, uh, the Steelers, I mean, they did not look good. The Lions did not look good. Defensively, looked fine. Um, yeah, it was, again, remember I said the definition of entertaining could be different. I was entertained mm-hmm. by the game because it was like, hey, how can we screw up and not win a game? Oh, let's <laughs> let's let's go for the two more yards and fumble the ball and give it back to Detroit with uh, a minute left. Or let's, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that that's just, oh, it's bad. comical of how bad it was. Well, the only thing worse would have been if it was on a Thursday. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing worse? <laughs> Should uh, hey. when you watch that kind of stuff, should the NFL adopt what the college football does, and now the CFL has adopted the college, the American college football sort of style? You know, let's let's be done with the current overtime format. Let's just go to you know, you start on the thirty-five or whatever it is, or I guess it's twenty-five in the states. From the twenty-five, work your way in, and then the other team gets a chance to match. Like, play, we need play to- another quarter play another quarter if they're gonna you can even keep the rules they have now just keep playing like i don't switch sides at the end of the half because if, it, if it's windy then you know you've got the, the one team had the advantage and it didn't didn't work out switch sides switch ends or whatever it is but just play the the way the kickers are these days how good they are i mean you're gonna have a winner that's i guarantee you. you're not gonna play you some can't guarantee game. me because we just watched your team not get something <laughs> not win we saw a tie uh, Play another quarter. Abysmal, painful tie. Play another quarter. Why play another Just quarter? Play. To watch more of that? Like, it's Have it, a winner. Have I a flipped winner. over this to the CFL, weird. and then I watched soccer in the middle of it because it was that bad. <laughs> I didn't watch soccer. I didn't watch soccer. But it, it was, was interesting. It was interesting. It was good to see the different strategies because of the weather. I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I'm biased because I love the Steelers, but I thought what Detroit was doing was kind of neat. You don't see that anymore where they just, they just abandoned the pass completely. Like it was, I think Goff threw a few passes towards the, uh, the end because Pittsburgh was just loading the box up, but Detroit ran the ball exclusively. It was cool. I'm like, all right, good for them. I think it's, you know, know when you get a new toy and you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm just going to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. That's exactly what they did because they couldn't run the ball for anything. This is the first time they run for over 200 yards since like 2007. And they're like, let's just keep going. Mix it up a little bit, I guess. But it didn't work. I mean, they didn't win. They had a chance. They had a chance to win a game and they got a tie. I don't know. I would have rather see them line up at the 25, say, boom, I got my shot to score. You get a shot yep. to score. I'm changing the channel and watching the Green Bay Seattle game that I was more excited to watch, even though it ended up being not great either. Uh, mm. But I was waiting for that to sort of come on. And so this game to sort of finish. I'm like, let's just wrap it up. Mm. Hey, two teams that uh, I were really impressive this week. I thought the uh, um, I'm really happy to see Cam Newton back. 
I really am. I, I don't know why I like the guy. I, he used to get on my nerves when he was younger, but I just, I'm rooting for him because, you know, what, what's the worst a guy can get criticized for? His his wardrobe? Kneeling. I mean, he comes out. He, for the most part, he says he says the right things. But he played well. He th- ran for a touchdown. He threw for one. Uh, they they won 31-10 against the, the, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, it's a good win. It's a good win for them. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if you watched the game or whatever. Yeah, he scored. He was responsible for two touchdowns on two plays, I think. But, um, you know, throughout the game when he was actually at quarterback, you know, he's a bit rusty. He's never been the most accurate quarterback ever anyway. But if they do want to use him a bit more like like a Lamar Jackson, like a – whatever, with some packages and some run game, run schemes and stuff, I think he's going to be very effective. He is a monster, really. Like He's a big man. He is a big dude with that much athleticism. You know why I don't like him? And I do like him, but what I mean but I don't like him is that he was <laughs> supposed to be Tim Tebow's predecessor at the University of Florida. And if he uh, didn't like... Here's the truth comes out. Yeah, now. he got kicked truth out of school or whatever because he stole a laptop okay. or something and ended up having to, to leave, transfer JUCO, came back to Auburn. Won the Heisman, okay. won the national championship. He was supposed to be... A Gator. Tebow, gone, Newton, uh, in. That's quite the rotation, the, the continuation of greatness right there. And, sure. you know, he kind of screwed that up with some of his stuff. That being said, I still am a Cam Newton fan. I like his attitude. I like his... Um, like his strength of just not letting other people get hey. down on him. You know what I mean? Like the, sure. it's something to be said about that. He's his own guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And, and win. Yeah. I'm rooting for the Panthers in, in the NFC. I, I like the, I mean, McCaffrey's back. They've got a guy that can stretch the field with Robbie Anderson. So, and Newton has an arm. Um, you know, and they've got Samuel in the, in the, in the slot. I mean, their pieces are there. They've got some good tight end play. So and their defense is outstanding. It's a good defense with Gilmore there now. I mean that's a, that's a that's a team that I wouldn't want to play. They're five and five. That's a team that I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs or certainly moving towards the playoffs anyway. Uh, the other team that was impressive to me was the uh, New England Patriots. Oh, did they lay a lick into uh, to the, Bra- the uh, healthy Browns, Browns team? An OBJ less well, Browns, which generally favors them. Boy. Like it was forty-five to seven or something like that. I mean, it was a that was a rout. And the two things that stood out for me it was their offensive line play, and of course that defense. We we've been talking about it. You and I talked about it in the off season. We said both of us said the Pats will be the team that'll be they'll bounce back because they've got five of their starters coming back off the COVID option list or whatever it was last year. And uh, yikes, you know when you got Hoodie as your coach and. Um, you know, um, their offensive coordinator, Mc, Mc, Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniel, um, mm-hmm. he's creative and Mac Jones has got a little bit of like, uh, you know, a little cockiness to him. He's got a decent arm. He's accurate. And I love their tight ends, you know, with Johnny Smith and uh, Hunter Henry. Those are two great pickups. That's a nice team. I, I, I When they play the bills in a couple of weeks, that is going to be must watch TV as far as I'm concerned. The Patriots are relevant again. They're actually on my my power rankings right now as yep. their honorable mentions, I guess, from a one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, they're around seven. Uh, but this was a statement game, I thought. I thought the oh, huge. Uh, you know, the Browns are, are no joke. 
And without OBJ, they've been playing very well as well. Um, so it's uh, it's good. And watching, you know, again, Mac Jones kind of fall in. He's you know only threw for about 200 yards, but three passing touchdowns. You know, so it's not yep. it's not all you know uh, highlight real type stuff. But he, mm. he can manage the game. Again, we talked about this. This is a system that you know Belichick has run before with a guy we all know, and I think Mac Jones is able to make. All those throws, and if he makes the decision that Tebow, uh, that Tebow, that uh, Brady was—I was trying to think of the best quarterback ever—but Brady was able to do, then um, you know Jones is in a system right now where he's kind of set up for success. Mm. I like their their uh, young running back too, Stevenson, Rondre, mm. Rondre. Yeah, anyway, he was for a hundred yards. I don't know if that was his first hundred yard game, but. Uh, you know, again, these guys are coming into their own. So you're right. That, pa- that Patriots-Bills game is uh, no longer a layup, as might have been thought early in the season. The Patriots are for real right now, and they're yeah, making and a we push. Called them. We called them as a as a playoff team this year. You know, and they were only 7-9 and nine last year. It wasn't an awful year with uh, with really uh, no offseason and Cam Newton under center. I mean, they did what they could and won seven games. Pretty pretty impressive. Now, with an additional game and additional team in the playoffs, you know, I wouldn't want to play them anyway. Well, same um, amount of wins as the Bills right now, six and four, wow. six and three. So, pretty great. Why don't we get to our uh, power rankings? Unless I'm missing, are you missing any? Am I missing any games that you wanted to discuss? What well, we should get into our power rankings and, uh, yeah, and wrap this that, up. We're at that time anyway. All right. Um, my, I'm going to give you a top five in each uh, in each conference this oh, year. Oh, you're going each so, conference this time. That's easier because yeah, you couldn't whittle it down, could you? Because that's what I was on the problem with. Ah, in the AFC, I've got number at number five. I've got Indy uh, playing much better football, running the ball, um, playing some defense. That defense is really fast. So Indy's shooting up. They're number uh, and they're under five hundred, but I still have them on here. I've got the Pats at four. Um, could be higher. I got the Bills at three. Uh, nice comeback statement win against Mike White. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and the New York Jets. Mike White says he should have been drafted first overall. Yeah, right, kids. Take a seat. Um, I've got Kansas City Chiefs at number two because guess what? They're still they're still the, the heavyweight champs. Um, and until someone knocks them off, uh, they're the AFC champs still. And I've got the Titans at number one. Uh, tough game against New Orleans, but you know when you win those gritty tough games in the in the middle of the regular season, it builds character, and uh, that's a team full of uh, character. Um, Mike Vrabel, former Steeler linebacker. Uh, in the NFC, I've got the Vikings. Man, they should be like, they should have a better record. But they pulled out a really big win against the Chargers. I've got the Panthers at 5-5. Five and five. Then the Bucks, Cowboys, and number one, I've got the Packers. I mean, the Packers are really, that was an impressive win against Seattle. You know, 17-zip against Russell Wilson. I don't, I don't care if he's been off for a couple weeks. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so... Those are my power rankings. Really quickly, my disappointing teams in the AFC for this week. Um, the Chargers, I think, again, they just there's talents there. But uh, Broncos coming off a big win against the Cowboys. They lay an egg against at home against the Eagles. What the hell's going on there? I'll, I'll put the Steelers on there because you should beat the Lions. And the Browns and Ravens. I mean, we were talking about those two teams being the best in the AFC a couple weeks ago. And now they're, now they, I mean, they're falling apart, especially the Browns. So, um, and in the NFC, I'm disappointed with the Rams and Cards. Uh, cards are dealing with some issues, I think, injury-wise. I don't think um, um, I don't think their quarterback was playing. 
Uh, and but two teams that got better in the NFC, the Eagles and Niners. I mean, Eagles four and six. You know, you're in that playoff hunt at four and six in the in the NFC. So who knows? And there you have my rankings. There you have your rankings. So we, we got to coordinate a little bit better on whether you're doing it by conference or whether you're doing it ah, as this, a whole. Nah, it doesn't matter. Those, well, that's just my style. I did conferences the first style, time. You said, I'm going to do, I'm gonna do the whole yeah. thing. I said, okay, I'm going to switch it up. And then you were like, I'm going to do conferences now. That's good. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all a setup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the snort. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to give uh, one, it. two, three, four, five, six, seven. So uh, I'm the top five. I got honorable mentions right now are the Chiefs and the Patriots on the outside. So uh, I got the Chiefs Ooh. at six, the Patriots at seven. This is overall. I think the okay, Patriots overall. have really started to come on strong. And I think that, um, you know, again, given their schedule and given where they're kind of coming from, the Bills game is going to be very indicative of where they're going to finish, I think, and, and, Big and time. how much of a, of a stride forward they're going to take. Um, but anyway, so they're my, uh, Pats are my seven, Chiefs are my six. I got Cowboys at five. Mm-hmm. I have the Cards at four. Mm. Again, with some injuries and stuff too. So they're still, you know, they just got beat by Carolina, so they uh, dropped in the rankings. But again, without Kyler Murray, like, that's tough to do. Uh, three, I have the Bills. Two, I have the Packers. And number one, I have the Titans still. And the thing with the Titans is that they keep winning despite the injuries. So Julio mm-hmm. was out this week too. You have no yep. Henry. You have no Julio. Like these are guys that we're putting on lists of saying why they're going to be such a good team because they got another guy to stretch the field, to take some attention off of Brown and, you know, uh, maybe – have the secondary respect the passing mm-hmm. game a bit more to open things up for a guy like Derrick Henry who can truck at any time. And you say, we're going to remove the guy that does everything for you. So Henry's out and, and you're still going to win. Okay. Well, we're going to take out Julio Jones now and you're still going to win. And mm-hmm. to me, that's the most impressive thing. The Patriots are right up there, but are the Packers, sorry, are right up there, but you put Jordan, you take Aaron Rodgers out and they're not winning, but Again, the fact that you win without Derrick Henry and now Julio Jones is the biggest thing that's impressed me. So that's why I have the Tennessee Titans as the number one right now because they've been the most impressive to me. I laugh at the Miami Dolphins. Ha, I laugh ha, at them. I laugh uh-huh. at them. <laughs> <laughs> you had Tannehill. You had a team that went 10-6. and six. You made the wild card one year. You made the wild card the second year. He uh, suffered an injury, and then you just gave up on him. And... It's been a gong show since. I mean, they had a one sort of lucky year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, you know, you had a franchise QB in-house that you could still develop, still young enough. You could build around them. You build a good running game. What they do, what typically what Miami does when things go sideways is they ship everybody out and they rebuild again. And for a team that has a lot of money, I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't – if I'm a Miami fan, I'm frustrated as hell. And, uh, you know uh, – I don't think Tua Tagovailoa is the, is the guy. Um, I just don't. I mean, I like his character. I like his demeanor on the sidelines. I like his demeanor in the huddle. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Sorry. You say Tuga? Tagovailoa? Tuga, I'm sorry if I butchered that. Tua, Tuga, 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 not going to be there next Tuga. year. Yeah, whatever. Not going to be there next year. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, it's after Change your uniforms. We're Change of uniforms too, by the while they're at it. It's terrible. 
Which part? The dolphins are go bad. vintage, baby. I need. Woo! I want to see the orange back a bit. The old Jason right, Taylor just, days. Yeah, highlight something. Put some put some stripes on the sleeves. It's, it looks like it's just like a practice jersey that's that's gone wrong. And the Giants too. Throw some stripes on those sleeves, man. Terrible. I think they were putting a stripe for every win. Anyway, we'll work on that. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go out. Uh, what's this called? Classic by. MKTO. Uh, it was on earlier today. The kids were loving it. I was jamming to it. I think it's all over TikTok. Ooh, girl, you're shining like a Fifth Avenue diamond. And they don't make you like they used to. You're never going out of style. Ooh, pretty baby. Where did that come from? This world might have gone crazy. The way you save me, who can blame me? When I just want to make you smile. I want to do you like Michael. I want to kiss you like Prince. That's it for this song. That's enough of this song. That's enough of this song. <laughs> what was the Mexican thing? <laughs> I came up on the screen. I'm like, what the fuck? Is that a, is that a uh, type? Was that a, uh, well done, boys. Ah. I was swarm. I was swarm? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that like? What made you put that on there? Because you guys were talking about soccer. Soccer. Right? Like, we're gonna be playing in freezing cold. Edmonton. Oh fuck, that was good. I was. <laughs> Should have brought that up earlier. I, I didn't get oh. it till after the discussion. Oh, oh. fuck, man. <laughs> uh, that was good. <laughs>